Let's get this bitch started. Stupid yet the rhyme's so brilliant Never could you bring the kid down, I'm too resilient And fuck them biting ass niggas who be stealing Y'all niggas copy my style like a chameleon I'm a Brazilian, that's one in a million Two high for ceilings, it's how I am feeling What the blood clot, how did all these nug rocks Have me looking dumb hot, with my eyes all bloodshot Now that's a mugshot, in the making No need Yo, 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 welcome back to another episode of the Hip Hop Heads Podcast H-Cubed, up in this bitch Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We finally back with another album review for your head top. We're back with a new year. Hope y'all listen to our uh, year end review recap. Yes, sir. If y'all haven't, go ahead and check that out. Yes, sir. And uh, definitely we'll keep coming with these album reviews. And, you know, this week we decided to take a listen to my man, Benny the Butcher, uh, Burning the Proof. Um, and, yeah, dope album, man. You know, just to jump out there and say it was a really dope album. Um, I've, I had heard Benny on a lot of, like, um, I guess, in-studio or in-house production, like his own producers and shit. Uh-huh. So it was, it, was, it, was, it was interesting, you know, early on to, I guess, hear him on a more, like, industry type of, you know, producer beat and shit like that. So when, when I when I seen that he was having a whole album produced exclusively about Hit Boy, I was, uh, I was excited about it. I mean, that's something to get excited about because Hit Boy is a beast-ass producer. He has, yeah. he's, he's like a definitely a new school producer, but he's got a lot of old school qualities about him. Mm-hmm. And you can hear it all throughout his album. You can hear it all throughout the Nas album that he did with him. So um, definitely, I think it's, it's it's a perfect combination because I feel like 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 we were talking about this in our last episode how we feel that right now is like the perfect time if you're like like a rapper rapper like not like a you know trap rapper but like more of like an East Coast type rapper mm-hmm. or like lyrical shit because I feel like right now. Cause, you know, clubs aren't open and all that shit. Like you don't have, like people are more inclined to listen to this kind of music now. Yeah. So, so um, yeah, man, I, I feel like you know producers like Hit Boy are definitely taking advantage of that and you know letting their talents be known and shown with products like uh, the Nas album and like this album here. No, but you're right. And honestly, like you said, y- y'all know me. Y'all know my the shit that I bitch about all the time. I want niggas that spit. I don't care if you're a trap rapper. I want you to spit. If you are an uh, underground rapper, New York style rapper, down south style, wherever the fuck you hail from, I just want you to have bars on top of the beats that you decide to choose. Because the, the honestly, what I feel like people really do forget about hip hop is that hip hop is about fucking lyrics. It's about the lyrical prowess of the person on the track. It's not about the way the track sounds itself. And of course, that's what many of the rappers that we deal with these days pretty much get a hot ass beat and then can basically get on it and spit whatever the fuck they want and it's going to turn into a mega hit i'm not saying that that's a bad way to go about it i mean you know go ahead make your money do what you do get your popularity but at the same time if you ever want to really be thought of as a rapper as a spitter as someone who has the ability to entertain and control the crowd the the MC, like nigga Mm -hmm. you gotta have the fucking wordplay to go with it and that's another thing we're gonna have to get back into it but like your boy young thug and i know we've gotten into arguments about young thug and different things about young thug but this Mm -hmm. nigga went on the other day uh we remember i think we talked about it a little bit where he said that niggas would know 30 of his songs before they would know 30 jay-z songs no he he was tripping no he tripping like shit and then he yeah. went off on uh, Andre 3000 talking about he want everybody to kiss his ass. I was like, nigga, I've been a fan for Outkast since basically they came out. I mean, I've been a fan of Outkast for like 25 plus years, nigga. That's not Andre 3000. I don't care what anybody says, unless he's just a completely different person. I don't know. Now yeah. I'm, bi- I'm, 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 I'm bitching and we off topic. <laughs> and again, not, to, not to like completely drift off topic with this, right? Mm-hmm. But. I, and again, I think we might have covered this a little bit, but I just feel like maybe Andre is the type of person who doesn't really like to be in the mix of things. Oh, yeah, and that's probably, that's facts. And he's probably to himself, and he probably doesn't like interacting with people in the industry now, so he just has people go through his, you know, his uh, assistant or whatever, manager or whatever. Mm-hmm. So maybe Thug was like, yo, what the fuck? Like, you know, I'm I'm the hottest nigga from Atlanta or one of the hottest niggas from Atlanta right now. Like, link up with me. And I guess, and again, I, I will say that as much of a Thug fan as I am, and I love, I think, Again, I've said what I said. He's a fucking legend to me. But I still think that he has delusions of Granger from time to time. Mm-hmm. That he might, he's, he thinks that he's bigger than what he is. And again, it, it's shown through interactions like that. I will admit, as much as a fan of my, as I am, I, I've seen that shit and, and I'm not a big fan of that. But that's different discussion for a different episode. Facts. 
is about Benny the Butcher. Facts. Um, <laughs> so let's, let's go ahead and dive into this. Man. Let's do it. All right. So Benny the Butcher, Burden of Proof, came out in 2020. Honestly, this album is hot. And if you don't think that it's hot, then there is literally something wrong with you. Because <laughs> this yeah, yeah, joint is straight yeah. fire. No, and you know how, how you were saying that, like, essentially hip-hop is, is supposed to be about lyrics. But when, I think when you can combine both a banging-ass beat mm-hmm. and some hot buzz, mm-hmm. I feel like that's what, like, especially in today's age, I feel like that's when you have a, a good mix of the both. And, and to me, one of the top, you know, albums of the year. Yeah. Now, see, Benny's album, though, is like, like I said, like when you when hip hop first started, checking it back to the original shit, all the beats were jive basic. And that's just what it was, because that was a technology, blah, 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 blah. That was the style. But and that's why it was so lyrically driven. But like you said, as the producers have gotten up in their game and they've become more influential and more pivotal in the art form. Yes. If you get a bomb ass rapper and put them together with a bomb ass producer who can make hella good beats, that is the, the new classic formula for making a good hip-hop song right now and benny did his shit because hit boy is an amazing producer in fact like i've heard some hit boy joints but i've not i don't think i've ever heard an album that was produced by him completely and i was really surprised and really just shocked at how good he is consistently over an entire project so how, how do you feel about that? Because um, I mean, I, I haven't listened to the Nas one, but he produced that whole. Mm-hmm. That album. Oh, then this is the second one. My bad. <laughs> you know, and and um, I honestly, this this is the first one I've listened to, but um, I've heard him. I I want to say he also did the Big Sean album, a decent amount of the Big Sean album. I can see that because there's some definitely hip boy sounding joints on there. Yeah, and um, so so but, but but like, how do you feel about that though? Like you know, we've seen Freddie Gibbs do that with Alchemist. We've seen him do that with Mad Lib. We've seen him. We've seen a couple artists do that shit. So, how do you feel like? And, and especially, do you feel like this is something that's unique to like? I guess like you know spitters per se. Because well, actually, now I think about it, Metro Boomin has done this with like you know Twenty One Savage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But do you think this specifically helps like you know spitters because it kind of it gets them into a groove and like you know getting used to the same kind of you know, patterns and drum patterns and shit like that? I think it does because it adds a layer of consistency to the album where it has the same continuous sound, even though obviously different beats, but you get the same feel and sound because of that producer. Now, you don't get, like, you know, the type of uh, chill but hard beat that you would get from from Hit Boy and then switch it over to something that could be really, really up-tempo and pop from either Pharrell or, or Timberland, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. then that can mess up the flow of the album, depending on how you, you know, insert the songs where, I mean, like you could have like, you know, this, this, this nigga could be killing like, like four or five tracks in a row and then have one pop ass dumb song that just sounds mm-hmm. terrible and then go right back into the flow. And it's just like, yeah. why did you, why did you fuck up the album with either adding that there or adding it period? Like, you know, uh, that's, <clears throat> I feel like this used to happen before more so because before Feel like labels were more involved with releases. Mm-hmm. I feel like now because of the internet, people have more leverage with, the, with what they drop and what they don't drop, or what or what the label forces them to put on their fucking album. Because I, I can't think of specific examples now, but I remember of a lot of times where like I would fucking be listening to the album and then all of a sudden you hear the super poppy. Obviously, the label had everything to do with this song even being created. Mm-hmm. Song right in the middle of the album, and you're like, what the fuck, dog? Like this shit is. Just- well, remember what I was saying back in the day, like the labels had their, their prerequisites. You could basically do whatever you wanted on the album, but there had to be like two radio play tracks on there and there had to be like one or two songs for the ladies on there. So even the most gangster yeah. gangster niggas had like this random ass soft song in the middle of the album that was all catered towards the bitches. And then they was back in the streets fucking with niggas and shooting and killing niggas. Up. Like, after, like <laughs> but, but you know, you know, them love songs would always be them gangster love songs. It'd be like, true. You gonna, you gonna hold this brick in your panties for me or what? Like, you know, some shit like that. Like, exactly. Shit. Like shit. The, the joke was, um. The big pun jump was the girl was going punish me, and she was like basically coming, coming fuck this up. And then what? Yeah. Biggie, Biggie had the jump where he was just basically talking about you know fucking the bitch, <laughs> fucking her all like that. Even the intro to it where he's just fucking the two bitches. I was like, yo, like come on, like, like I will, I will say though, I feel like Biggie had the most not creativity. Well, yes, creativity, but also the most like, he could fit in anywhere. He was like a chameleon. So mm-hmm. I feel like even like the. 
the like for example the uh real love remix i feel like that was like a perfect you know blend right there and i feel like that's something that they use really well did did really well oh yeah and he actually did quite a few of those joints where he would just come in and do like a quick spit and then be out and it because it was somebody else's song and it just fit perfectly so it was just like okay random but fuck it <laughs> yeah, for sure for sure. All right, well, let's get into this album because we didn't been here about ten minutes yet already, and we ain't said <laughs> shit about this album except that we both like it. So, <laughs> so let's start with track one, the title track, "Burden of Proof." I'll start off by saying that this beat set up the stage for the album. Once I heard this beat, it was just kind of like it gave you an idea of what you were into, and then that really didn't change. Like I said, there was just that level of consistency across the album, beat wise, from Hip Boy. Uh, I love the fact that the that the beat switched up and then switched back a couple of times and i love that this song did not have a chorus an opening track with a bomb ass beat mad Mm -hmm. lyrics and no chorus i was just like all right nigga let's go nah facts facts all the way i thought it was a really dope opening track for some reason the beat just reminded me now maybe this the sample was used for a jay-z song but it reminded me of like a jay-z type of beat and i could definitely hear jay over this joint but Mm -hmm. um but benny fucking killed it though benny killed it like you said, it was a perfect opening track. I feel like it had a lot of energy. Uh, he was talking his shit. And it also had, like, the first of a couple of skits that, you know, are throughout the album. Mm-hmm. I feel like the skits, they added to the album. They were funny. And, yeah, they, they added to the album. And, and, and I feel like this is this is definitely a good opening track. Sure. I think the one reason that they added to this album really good was because that they were all pretty short. Like, they weren't, like, some long, drawn-out skit. Like, they were just straight up to the point, a couple of lines, and then, boom, right into the next drink. So Yeah, yeah. and... We, we talked about this before how it's such a you know old three old four old two thing to put a fucking you know uh intros or outros into your songs oh yeah <laughs> like that it just it just reminded me of that because i feel like yeah artists still do you know little skits like that from time to time but i feel like it, it's kind of like a lost form and, and and i feel like this one uh this album does that really well particularly later on in the album um where i, I think it's like a guy Talking to his friend, and his friend is a producer. He's making beef, and it's kind of like a funny interaction between two people, and they're, they're making fun of Benny Butcher's name and shit. So yeah, that's <laughs> like that show was actually pretty dope. I, I will say that that was pretty tight, and I wasn't really expecting that, but it was dope. But yeah, number one, Burn the Proof, really dope way to start the uh, the album EP, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, really, really dope too. Hell yeah! Now um, we're going ahead and go <clears throat> slide right into uh, number two. Where Would I Go featuring Rick Ross. Now, this is a song that I was really digging on this jump. And it's kind of funny because to me, this beat is very hip boy sounding. But at the same time, it just has that really clean and crispness that you really get from what we call the cinematic sound of Rick Ross. The moment I heard the, the singing, it just, no, I wouldn't be surprised if this beat hit boy made for Rick Ross, maybe. And you know, maybe he just kind of got the guy ended up clearing that to be on, on this album or whatever. But he, however, it went really dope uh, production. Like you said, it sounds exactly how all the very cinematic Rick Ross uh, production sounds. Mm-hmm. And I feel like both of these niggas killed it. Uh, I, I think Rick Ross's verse is really dope. And uh, yeah, it, it was a really dope song. The only negative thing I have to say is that Ross's verse was a little on the lazy side. But I mean, Ross does that every now and then. Like, he'll give you some really, really good verses. And then he'll just give you like that real basic, like, you know, like that flow from uh, Fuck With Me, You Know I Got It. Where he's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, nigga, like, we know you can actually go, so just go. <laughs> nah, but see, I, I don't mind that sometimes. Now, I don't think this is this was the track to do that on, just because of how good of a rapper Benny is. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you're on a track with like a Drake or like one of the newer guys, the, uh, I feel like you can get away with that, like one of the swaggier guys. But I feel like when it's Benny on the joint and the niggas gonna come with bars, I feel like you have to come with bars because I remember I would hear like. Particularly, I've heard various members of the lock say this, that like when you would hear somebody spit a verse, if you uh, if they recorded before you and their joint was harder than yours, you'd go back and rewrite your shit. Uh-huh. And I, I don't know if that happens still nowadays, obviously, because a lot of these guys are in the same studio. But I don't know, you know, and, and I don't know. I'm just curious to why Rick Ross kind of came like he did with this. One. But again, I, I think he, he does it well. And, no, yeah, uh, he can definitely do it well. It's just at this point we know you're better than that so it's just like that's kind of moving into lazy territory even for you ross like for real 
But like yeah. at the same time, everything else about this joint is great because, like you said, Ross has a good verse, even though I just don't like the rhyme style he uses for it. Benny kills his verse. I love the cinematicness of it, and I just think that this is one of the is a dope ass track. Honestly, it's probably the only real you know quote radio hit that that could be on this joint. But that's mostly because it has the crisper, clearer Rick Ross sound. It doesn't have like the more dirtier underground sound that Hip Boy would generally come with. So I think it would be the more radio palpable. But again, like I think that the majority of this album could play on the radio. Oh, for yeah, real, no, for real. That that's the great thing about um I think Hip Boy's production is that it has that old school flair to it with a lot of samples. You know, I'm a sample fiend junkie over here. Mm-hmm. But um, it also has a lot of newer drums added to it, and I feel like it kind of gives it that newer filter, so I, I definitely agree with you on that one. Mm-hmm. But let's go ahead and move on to number three, Fly Green. And this was a song that early on in, in my listening process, mm-hmm. I kind of skipped a couple times. I don't know why, I just kind of, you know, just skipped through it. But I'm kind of blown that I did that because I feel like I, I was listening on to this song once I actually dove into it and actually started listening to it. Yeah, man, Benny didn't take a bar off in his, in his project, man. It definitely... Definitely not on this song, but like he went in on this joint. The hook was a little bit lazy, I will say. You know, with just him saying, "Oh, blood on hand, whatever." But I, I feel like I feel like overall the joint was dope. And again, like I said, at first I felt like it was somewhat of a throwaway, but the more I dove into it, I think it was a really dope song. No, I like. You. I, I mean, I, I I feel you because I said I like this beat. It sounds old and new at the same time. So like, it could have come yeah. from either era. Although I, the only thing I do say is that. For Benny, which I'm actually surprised about, was that there wasn't much lyrical versatility on this track. Not like the majority of the rest of the album, but it's still a really good fucking song. And again, no chorus. I love that shit. Yeah, yeah. It, it kind of just went. Well, I mean, it was. I, I guess maybe I, I thought like a bridge of the, of the cause when he was saying. I forgot what he was saying, but he was saying something where the beat kind of changed a little bit. And I guess I, I thought that was the hook, but maybe it was like just a, a bridge into the next into the next part of the song or whatever. But regardless, uh, I, I agree. I think it was, it was a dope song. And um, even though it was a dope song, I feel like it's probably one of the lesser, the lesser ones for me. No, I got you. I got you. All right. Number four is One Way Flight featuring Freddie Gibbs. Another vicious ass joint on here. Probably like another one of my favorites on this joint. The dope is sick as shit. And it's actually a pretty deep track. Oh, um, uh, you mean the beat is sick as shit? Huh? You mean the beat is sick as shit? What I say, the dopest beat is shit? <laughs> yes, the beat is dope as shit. And it's also a pretty deep track. Uh, the chorus is great. It's real concise. It's just like, this is what it is, nigga. Um, yeah, facts, just let facts, that chick uh, know. But uh, Freddie's verse is real good on this joint, too. So Yeah, no, uh, 100%. And again, he hit that whole little thing where the beat was playing and he thought that he wasn't going to have a verse. But he snuck in right at the end. Yep. I agree 100%. The beat is fucking insane. The sample is fucking crazy. The way that Hit Boy chopped it up is crazy. And I, and I feel like this is a dope song. And again, this is kind of somewhat of like a female-related song. Mm-hmm. But it's done in a, in a very gangster way. You know what I mean? And I feel like I was done really dopely. The beat kind of fits it perfectly. And, and again, like you said, Freddie Gibbs on the hook is very blunt with it. He's like, look, man. You either gonna cry in that Toyota or this fucking Maybach. Exactly. It's a really dope song. I think this is another one of those songs that, you know, alluding to what you were saying earlier, along with the Rick Ross song that could probably be radio, more radio friendly, a message, and even the beat, I feel like it kind of, it has a very radio friendly uh, sound to it. Exactly. The way, like you were saying, the sample was used very well, and there was yeah. a part of each verse where towards the end of it, they would play like just a couple of, they would repeat the sample twice, but it would be really, really muted. But it went mm-hmm. really, really well with that. It was like, Hit Boy was amazing with the way he just decided to fuck with this track. I thought that this is probably one of the like most versatile tracks on this joint. Like it was just, it's an amazing track. No, for sure. All the way, um, like, like you said, friendly radio sounding sound, bars, awesome beat, awesome hook. Can't have more. Exactly. Go ahead, sir. So we're going on to uh, number five, which is Famous. And I thought this was actually a really dope song. Because I feel like Benny really took his, you know, step into the industry over this past year or so. I mean, he's gotten a lot of co-signs from a lot of the big guys, even, you know, such as Drake. And there's a lot of the, of the bigger guys in the industry. And I feel like he's finally kind of took his step into, you know, more or less fame. Yeah. And I feel like this is a really dope song to talk about that from his perspective. And, yeah, I, th- I think it's dope. You know, a lot of guys, you know, they, they, they mention this perspective that, like, you know, they've always kind of felt like they've been that nigga 
in their neighborhood or wherever they're from. So getting to this point doesn't really feel all that different. I feel like this is done or expressed very well in the song. I do, yeah, I I agree with you. My the and honestly, I like this song too. I really fuck with it. My only complaint is that I think that that humming sample that they used was a little bit oh, overdone through the entire was, track. No, that's a fact. That's a fact. You know that that's the type of thing you might do during the hook and then just take it completely off during mm-hmm. the verse. That would have been what but I, I agree one hundred percent. Yeah, that was that was the only downside to famous for me, and that was it. Like I've I think like you, I agree with everything you said. I think that everything was done well on this joint. It, and again, it ha- is, this is like one of, th- this is another one of three, like three or four songs that sounds mm. so like they could be old from like the nineties, early two thousands, but it's yeah. brand new and it works. It could work. Like I said, it could work in either era. So like, I think that this, this, this honestly is a well rounded, well rounded CD. And I, I hate to say oh, that yeah. before we get to like our overall conclusions, like we normally do. But like every time, the more I listened to this album, the more I was just like, damn, this John, like, there's not really a, a skippable a joint on here. Yeah. yeah. No. I, and again, I, I was, I was thinking that same thing uh, when I really dove into it, just that there really isn't much of a skippable song here. There's a lot of cohesion. It works, and I feel like a lot of it has to do with the hit production, uh, the cohesion of the, of, you know, every song just working together. I feel like it has a lot to do with that. But, um, yeah, let's, let's, let's go into number six, Timeless, featuring Lil Wayne and Big Sean. Yes, sir. Uh, I think it's one, one of the first, uh, singles that was released before when the album came out. Mm-hmm. And look, man, I, I hate to say this, but I think Lil Wayne may have outright both of them. Yeah, completely. Have, and, and, and now mind you, like, you know, we've, We've talked about this on the show before that we feel like Wayne has taken a step back lyrically uh, over the years, but it always happens, man, where this nigga has a random ass verse that is a fucking beast, dog. And this was this is definitely it, man. Yeah, sure. I don't know what it was because, like I said, we we got on him about the Carter Five, and he's had lazy verses on other people's shit recently that he's been on. Oh, but- yeah. I don't know what it was about Benny the Butcher on this al- album. Maybe Wayne heard his ver- verse and was like, oh, hell no, I ain't going to let this nigga get me. <laughs> Look, I'm going to be real with you right now. I don't know what, you know what I mean, uh, Lil Wayne still uses or partakes allegedly in, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. But we've seen and we've it's it's been noted that he's been caught with plenty of different crazy drugs. Yes, yes. And, and a lot of his laziness and like lack of uh, lyricism in his last maybe four or five years of work has been because of the drug use. He just sounds lazy. He just sounds unmotivated. But on this song, complete opposite. You can hear the energy in Wayne. He's bars after bars, punchline after punchline. He came he came hard, man. He came hard on this track. Uh, and then again, mind you, this is this is against no no uh, slouch of a competition. Big Sean, Spitter, mm-hmm. Danny the Booker, Lovely Spitter. So in order for him to have the best verse, in my opinion, I think uh, he had to come correct, and, and I think he did. No yeah, question. I agree with you. Although, for me, that messes up not the flow of the song, because we're used to hearing it this way, because that's how we were given it. But to me, because of the verses, the strongest verse should always go last. It's like track and field. Your fastest person on the relay team goes last. So it should have been Big Sean starting it, then Benny in the middle, and then Wayne running it out. That's what it should have been on the strength of their performances on the track. Again, not saying that anybody was a real slouch on here, but I've always said since the first time we listened to this song, I did not think that Big Sean's verse was strong enough to anchor that song. No, I agree. And I, I'm, I'm even going to go out there on a limb and say that I think you could have even removed his verse. If you were, now, and again, I'm not saying it was a bad verse. Yeah. I'm just saying... That and again, after you mentioned, you know, rearranging verses, that might be another option as well. True. But I really did feel like at the end of the waiver, I felt like we were just gonna hear the hook and then the, the beat was gonna play out and it was gonna be over. So when I heard Big Sean rapping, I was like, oh, you almost. And again, I hate to say this, but Big Sean is almost an afterthought in the song because of. And again, Bandy's verse was great too. So it, it's just again, it's unfortunate for Big Sean. All respect, it was a dope verse, but I just feel like Wayne's verse was just a fucking monster on his joint. Exactly, and like you were saying, uh, Big Sean, I think becomes kind of an afterthought on this joint simply because not the lyrics or anything, because we said the verse is tight. It's the energy that he has on it, also, because yeah. he comes in with the lowest energy out of all three of them. 
on this track mm-hmm. so it's just like damn you go benny hit that joint hard oh damn wayne just killed that joint what the fuck mm-hmm. and then you gotta have like low energy big sean just coming here like thinking that yeah, man, 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 man. like yeah. come on bro if you're gonna if you're gonna end this all you gotta come hard you gotta come mm-hmm. correct i need way more energy from you than what we got on this yeah. but again not not saying anything because the song is still bombing shit so <laughs> all right let's go to number seven uh new streets personally this beat is dope again that's gonna be a, a common theme through this entire album i said though i think that the sample is used a little too much on this track also but this song is basically about you know trying to make good choices and shit you know trying to be a, a better person and more niggas need to hear that these days <laughs> point blank well, period and one of the things that I, I think that really stood out to me was just benny you know he talks about how guys like to mention street life and mention all the gifts and glamour of it but fail to mention you know all the risks that people take all the consequences that people might have to deal with eventually at some point mm-hmm. and i feel like this this kind of just you know paints it beautifully all the all the you know mishaps that can happen when living the same lifestyle, and I feel like that was a great. It was done very well. But that's why it's called New Streets, because mm-hmm. you know I mean? like now it's it's kind of it really is kind of like glamorized way more. Street life is yeah. Uh, it's I mean it's yeah. glamorized way more, but it's also like the rules have changed or the rules are completely out the door. Because even mm-hmm. us non-street niggas knew basically what the rules of the street were, and that's yeah, how right. you knew not to get into some shit or what to watch the fuck yeah. out for. These days. It's like there's ours no rules. It's like it's the wild, wild west. Everybody's out here with guns, and when niggas have problems, they pow, 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 pow. That's it. It's just there used to be shit like don't talk about people's wives, don't talk about people's kids, you know, don't yeah. say this, don't do that, you know. And you, it's so fucked up as you want to, yeah, don't, it's fucked up as you want to be towards a nigga, you know. There's still a respect factor, and the fact that y'all are both in the same industry, and at that point, the industry wasn't so, wasn't but so big. So maybe it became working relationship type shit. I don't know. But, yeah. um, I don't like. I think that this is just like a kind of a, a a breath of fresh air. Like you said, it it gives you the pros plus the cons of that, mm-hmm. so you can kind of get both in one song, which is not something that very many people do in hip hop. Like well, they'll talk about the good shit of the streets and then what happened because of the good shit happening in the streets. After a while, like you either get like one bad joint about oh my nigga got killed because of a robbery gone wrong, blah 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 blah, <laughs> but you're, like yep. you're not talking about all the other shit that happened before that. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, oh, you're right. You're right, and again, I think this is this is a perfectly balanced song. Um, and it, I, I thought the beat was dope. Uh, I think I really like the sample, so I didn't mind the overusage of it. But I, I could understand, you know, you thinking it was a little overused. But let's go on to uh, number seven, or I'm sorry, number eight, "Over the Limit" featuring Don Kennedy. Okay, I thought this was a really dope song. I think this is one of the more different beats on the album. One hundred percent. It just sounded like techno-y kind of sound, kind of like a more like dance kind of sound. And I, I think it had a very high energy to it, too. So I also feel like John Kennedy did his thing on the, on the hook mm-hmm. to keep the energy going. And uh, I thought it was dope, man. I thought it was really dope. Again, I think this is one of the best beats on the album. And it's actually a pretty reflective track about how things, you know, were while he was on the street. And that's why mm-hmm. I was kind of surprised that it was on such an upbeat track. Yeah. Um, but it's also making sure people see him how he was versus how he is and um it talks about like you know like street money conflicts and the shit about trying to be an artist and you know come up and dealing with all of this and dealing with all of that again it's a good ratio aspect to give niggas to look at both sides because again you think shit is sweet just because you rap someone wants to sign you you think this shit is sweet but you Mm -hmm. know we, we always hear about niggas not reading about the deal or reading about yeah. the the contract before they sign it and getting themselves into fucked up deals like like Rihanna having like what was it like a twelve album deal with the one record jump before she could get off of it and yeah. Gucci Man had a dumbass deal with somebody before too where he had was a ridiculous amount of albums he was forced to put out so it was just like like y'all it's y'all listen to hip hop and listen to the lyrics and be entertained yes but take value and take note of the stories that they're telling you especially if this is something that you want to do like you're trying to be a musician you're trying to be a rapper whatever whatever like listen to this shit because a lot of these niggas drop huge jewels about how to move through this industry and make sure that you don't get fucked oh no for sure 100 and i feel like this is definitely one of those songs that drops a lot of those jewels and um yeah i think it was a really dope song very introspective song in a lot of ways and uh i like again i like don kenny on the hook mm-hmm. it worked very good what do you call oh i was gonna say they had the little the little skit at the end of this jump and it sounded like they was poking fun at young buck 
the Young Buck and Fifty Cent call where he was on the phone crying about money oh, yeah. and shit. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I kept hearing in my head every time it played. <laughs> I forgot all about that shit to be honest. <laughs> no, this is exactly what it might have been. <laughs> For sure, for sure. That shit was too hilarious. I'm sorry, like that shit still. Whenever I hear anything remotely like that phone call, just like this skit, I just die laughing, and I'm just, I'm just like, yes, Young Buck is fucked for life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta hope that some shit like that don't ever happen publicly. So, you know, obviously, I know it wouldn't happen to us like like that to that scale. Mm-hmm. But like, even if it's like amongst the people, friends or school or something like that. You just hate to be like that. Exactly. You know? As, as petty as I am, I don't think I'm petty enough to like play a private voicemail online <laughs> for niggas to hear, especially if the nigga in there is crying about money owed and all this other shit and him he being fucked up in a fucked up situation. Like I wouldn't do that. Like now if somebody just admitted <laughs> some, something foul or they said some wild shit and I was like, Okay, I might do that if I was petty you know, petty enough, but I don't think I'd be petty enough to put one of my niggas crying on a fucking you know, like on Instagram and shit for everybody to hear. <laughs> Curtis Fifty Cent Jackson, <laughs> the king of petty. You can't, you just can't beat me. <laughs> all right, let's hit number nine. Trade it all. Another extremely dope beat used on this album. It's an interesting song where pe- where he's reflecting on why you know why people are switching up on him, why people are changing around him, and it's honestly it's all because of the fucking money. Like so, he's like, yeah, don't let the money didn't change me, but it's changing the people around me essentially. So I mean, I can understand that because that's a common thing we hear that a lot. So no, for sure. And um, you know, I think it's a you know one of the more one of the more deeper songs mm-hmm. uh, in the album. Uh, he mentions his brother, which is a topic that he mentions a lot. Just not just specifically in this album. He mentions uh, the loss of his brother in previous projects. I've heard him mention a lot. So it's obviously something that that's molded and, and, and you know driven Benny a lot. Uh, in his career that being said you know he, he talks a lot about you know if he had the chance to trade it all obviously to get his, his brother back and, and uh, yeah just a really dope song very introspective song uh again i agree with you i think the beat was really dope it just reminded me of uh kind of like an older kind of song as well mm-hmm. and uh, i thought it was dope man i thought it was really dope um again if you just kind of like just face value if you kind of listen to it the first time um you might just kind of pass over it but i feel like it's a really dope song and it definitely adds layers to the album for sure exactly uh, let's, let's go on to uh number 10 uh thank god i made it featuring queen niger is that how you pronounce yeah queen name? niger yes look man one of my favorite songs in the, on the album i love these like you know we made it type of songs you yeah know? when niggas talk about you know just the introspective songs but the feel-good introspective songs uh, and, and this is definitely one of them. Uh, the sample, the, the moment the beat starts up, you can tell what kind of song this is going to be because the sample, you know, says the thing that I made it. That guy was so dope. But yeah, not really dope song, very introspective. Again, then he mentions his brother on here, uh, uh and, and talks about how much it's, it's, you know, hurt for him to not be here and, you know, see what he's doing, everything he's doing. But in the same breath, he mentions about, you know, mentions ex- pretty much how thankful he is to have made it. To where he is in the rap industry, not have to live how he used to live, mm-hmm. and uh, I feel like Queen Niger did her thing on his own. I, I honestly had not, I knew of her through Instagram and you know through social media, I guess, mm-hmm. and I thought she was pretty bad to be honest. <laughs> but I, I never, I never listened to her music, but she's she's dope, man. She could definitely, she definitely sing on his own. Yeah, she definitely did her thing on this joint, singing the hook. Um, I like you said, it's very reflective. Not even not just on his brother, but it talks about his mother. And, mm-hmm. you know, all type of different shit from his life. Uh, and it's kind of crazy because this is like the third reflective song that he's had that's been kind of like deep and about some other shit. And it's like it hasn't pulled down the weight of the album at all. It all sounds really fucking good. Just as much as the gangster shit that he's got on the joint, too. So it's, he's got a great mix of music on this joint. Got great beats, great mix of types of songs, great lyrics and all the songs. Like this is just an overall just fucking great album. It's again, like you said, one of the best albums that came out in 2020. I agree. I agree one hundred percent. I think like you said, that's what you're saying. The perfect balance. Um and I think this is a good song to have towards the end of the you know, end of the album. Mm-hmm. It kind of just it, it kind of fits better that way and um I agree. Perfect, perfect song. All right, number eleven is War Paint featuring West Side Gun and Conway the Machine, which means the Griselda family is on the album. Yes, sir. And uh the beat, of course, dope as shit. It's kinda simple. I was looking forward to hearing some of West Side Gun, but this man only did the chorus. 
So yeah. I was kind of disappointed because I've only heard him on a couple of other tracks. But I mean, the chorus was dope. Like the whole, yeah. like honestly, I thought that he had more than just that on there. But again, like I said, I'm not as familiar with no, I, uh, Conway I, or Westside. So you I know. feel you. No, I, I feel you. And, and again, me, uh, the first time hearing it, I wasn't really sure uh, if, if the second one was Conway or if it was uh, Westside, but. Mm-hmm. After doing, you know, more research, I found out that it was Conway. And also, just by listening to his lyrics and just me being, I guess, knowledgeable about Conway, mm-hmm. I knew that he had gotten shot, and he mentions that in his verse. Okay. Um, and how the doctor said he was going to be paralyzed. So that's kind of when I realized that it was probably Conway. I want to say and, Conway kind of has a deeper voice than um, yeah, than but, Benny, for sure. Benny, and then Westside kind of had... He kind of sounds like... Um, <laughs> no pun intended, but I'm going to butcher this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Nah, who who who's the guy from Wu Tang that he sounds like? He sounds like somebody from Wu Tang. Oh, he sounds like uh, Proz. That's what it was. Is it? It sounds more like Proz than anybody else. Uh, what's that? Yeah, I was gonna say uh, not Wyclef, though. No, Wu Tang. Oh, you said you said uh oh. Why did I think you said the Fugees? God damn. <laughs> Nigga, are you okay? Let me talk to myself real quick. Is Proz a new Wu Tang member? I don't know. So I don't know, man. Niggas is out here hearing things with the headset on. It don't make no type of damn sense. Wu Tang, nigga, the shit you got tatted on yourself, my nigga. Wu Tang. In Wu Tang. It kind of sounds like. Who's the nigga that they be saying Action Bronson be sounding like? Oh, like a ghost face. It kind of sounds like a ghost thing. Yeah, yeah, a little teeny bit. Yeah, I can, I can. Kind of like, yang, 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 yang. You know what I mean? It's, he's a New York nigga, then I assume, because yeah, most right. niggas from New York, from certain areas, kind of sound. Because <laughs> I believe Action Bronson is from Staten Island, too. So. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. There you go. They're both, they're all from fucking upstate New York or whatever. So There you go. There you go. That, 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 that makes sense, man. That makes fucking sense. But nonetheless, I had a hard time differentiating, not differentiating, but deciding who I thought was the best verse on here. Mm-hmm. I thought that uh, Benny fucking killed it. But at the same time, I had no problem with Conway being the second verse. Because at he all. fucking murdered it, too. At all. Uh, and, I, and I'm sure there's been Griselda Project, but I really want to hear a Griselda Project now that all three of these guys are in their prime. Benny's where he's at, Conway's where he's at, Westside Dunn is doing his thing, so I would love to hear a joint project, especially after hearing something like this. Yeah, for sure. And honestly, that this is the convo, this is the song that had that convo where he was making fun of Benny's name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that yeah. joint was just fucking hilarious. It was like, we got that nigga meat cleaver and pork chop. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, WWE Smackdown wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of shit is that? That joint was wild. But see, I, I I love that right because I feel like I love when like these gangster rappers kind of show like the humorous side to them. Yes. You know, I feel like it fits perfectly and it kind of it's a good. You know how like in in movies or in, in TV shows that have a little comic relief. Mm-hmm. I feel like this it did exactly what it was supposed to do, which be the comic relief. Mm-hmm. Uh, after all these crazy, you know, more introspective songs, and uh, I feel like it was a dope, a dope touch to, to finish the album. You know what? You're right because I didn't. I never thought about it that way. But this is the comedy relief, and it's like letting these goofy, funny niggas be mm-hmm. goofy, even though they're supposed to be like gangsters, shoot them up on all their shit. So it's kind of a look into their personality, the type yeah. of stuff. And then it make it's making me think back and look on other skits and shit from like the '90s and the 2000s. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, some of these niggas actually have like good That's like right. senses of humor. <laughs> <laughs> no, and again. Mind you, I, I didn't. This, this isn't something that I've always thought, but I kind of just thought of this right now. Like, yo, that's kind of what skits are. They're yeah. kind of like a comedy relief in the album, and, and I, I think it's sometimes it's overdone or it's not done well. Yeah. But I feel like when it is done well, I feel like it works really well, and, and I think in this case, it definitely worked. And I, well. like you said, you just thought of it now, and it just like it just like it was in a, it's like pow, it's like continuous <laughs> mind blowing about mad artists yeah. in my head right now. <laughs> Nigga, I'm thinking Dipset 2003. Nigga, I'm thinking of some of them Cameron skits. I'm thinking yeah. of them Big Pun skits. Yeah. yeah. There was a, who had, um, somebody used to have mad, oh, Busta Rhymes. Busta Rhymes had mad skits in his joint, and he was doing different voices and shit. Like, remember the joint at the beginning of ELE, where the he's the camp counselor with the kids, oh, and yeah. he's trying to sing yeah, the song, yeah. and then the bear, like, that's just some goofy shit you would have never thought you'd have heard on the fucking rap album. Oh. 
<laughs> and then among you, if you just hear the songs, like if you just hear the, sa- the the singles or if you just hear the songs, you wouldn't think that these niggas are this goofy or just like, you know, funny and shit. But again, I, I feel like that's a, a perfect way to, to show their other create, creative sides. I feel like if you're creative in one avenue, chances are you'll probably be creative in other avenues. Oh, true. And, and, and even though if you're not as talented, it'll still, you know, shine through. And I feel like it does sometimes uh, with these rappers skits you're right sure. damn that's a huge like pow this mind blown like shit. okay we, oh, might, yeah, we no. might have to come back to that <laughs> no, i'm trying to tell you we're gonna have to have a whole conversation about this at some point hell yeah <laughs> all right let's go into the final track of the album legend um this is a fantastic way to end the album it's not too light it's not too dark it's just kind of like the perfect middle way for the beat and it's mad simple and it's it's probably one of the most simplistic beats on the album, yeah, as in there's sure. really just not a lot going on on it. But again, it sounds older, still sounds fresh as shit for right now. But the beat is crazy, and the chorus supremely basic, but it just works. Like, yeah, it just fucking you works. Know, it, it, to me, um, the beat kind of had like a, and I think I'm using the right word here, but me- it was like a melancholy kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. It was. Like, Again, like you said, not really like a, a super happy or emotional song, but I, I feel like the message of what he was saying is what carries the energy of the song. And, and pretty much just him saying that, look, man, like I might not be a legend right right now, but I feel like to get to this point, coming from, I'll come from a fucking legend. Exactly. Like that's a dope way to, to put it, you know, like, you know, and we've talked, we've had this legend conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I guess it just depends on what you're measuring, you know, your legend status by or whatever. And, um, I think it was a dope way to end the album. Like you said, it was just not too high, not too low, perfectly leveled out. And I, I think it was dope. Definitely I, a dope way. I agree with you. I think it was the, the, a fantastic way to end it. Um, he, fucking he benny knew what he was doing like he knew what he was doing when he p- compiled this album when he put it together how he wanted it to go out because sometimes you feel like albums are just scattershot with how they with how they set up the tracks and stuff because yeah. it can be slow song fast song slow song fast song mm-hmm. or just slow 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 fast 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 slow slow fast but it just makes no sense this joint it just marries well together then that's why it's such an easy listen and you can just listen to it all the way through you know what this album kind of reminds me of to be honest it reminds me of um for some reason, just maybe how easy of a listen it is, is um, 444 by Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. It's, it's short, concise, and then the le- it just, I don't know, it just it kind of has that feel to it to a certain degree. But yeah, I agree 100%. I think this is a perfect way to end the album. And Benny did his thing, man. Yeah. You can't say nothing about it. All right, so coming to the end, uh, what, are our, what are your overall thoughts on it? Look, man, um, I was, like I said earlier, or I think how I tried, what I tried to say earlier was that... <laughs> um, <laughs> Was that, you know, I had, I had heard Benny on a lot of in-house production. I think his name is Dillinger. And, and a lot of people have compared him to Alchemist. And ironically enough, he's a white boy. But they have very similar sounds. Uh, the drums, I feel like, are very similar. And, and the samples that they use are very similar, too. But regardless of the fact, I was just very curious to see him on a more industry-sounding beats, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Benny... Benny's gonna get a whole lot of feature work after this album. I guarantee it, and it's because oh, yeah. he proved that he could sound good on a bunch of different beats on here. And he, I, in my opinion, that's one of the major things that happens with a lot of New York rappers is that they kind of box themselves in by only rapping on New York type of beats or mm-hmm. like certain type of beats. And unfortunately, not everybody really wants to hear that. And I feel like if you really want to be successful, you kind of have to step outside the box and just venture into these, you know, more you know, this experimental type of beats. And I feel like Benny did that a number of different times on this joint. Uh, this, the the features were, were awesome on here. All of them, really. And I feel like there wasn't really a filler on here. You know, I, I can't really sit here and say, oh, this song was just thrown in here for the fuck of it to make 12 tracks. Yeah, because just about, like you said, even if we weren't really that into the song, it was still mm-hmm. a really good song. So, like... Facts. And again, you know, for, for him to bring guys like Lil Wayne in here and have him, you know... Ha- present his best work or one of his best work obviously the Griselda family uh John Kennedy Big Sean Queen Nigel Freddie Gibbs Rick Ross I just feel like it was a bit he used his uh his features very well throughout this joint it didn't seem like it was overbearing mm-hmm. you know, a, lot of, a lot of times uh, features are overbearing and shit but not this time man I think it's just a perfect a perfect way to uh I don't know if this is this might be his first album I'm not sure but yeah I think this is his uh, first actual album 
Yeah, yeah, and I think the last part had been mixtapes, so but regardless, um, really, really dope project, man. I, I can't say nothing bad about it. I agree. Very, very, very good album. And like you said, the features were all well done. Surprisingly, there's eight features on this album, and yeah, it doesn't feel like there's eight features on this album. I agree 100. percent That that you see, you hit it right on the nail, man. It's and again, you know, typically eight features on a 12 track song, a 12 song album. You're thinking, damn, this is gonna be cluttered or whatever, but it does not feel cluttered at all. At all. At all. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed listening to this album over and over. I love the fact that Hit Boy was the producer from start to finish because, like I said, it kind of gave it a vibe, a flow, a feel. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The lyrical ability all over this album was fantastic. All the artists that were featured in- enhanced the tracks completely. And like I said, like you said, 12 tracks makes a nice, short, concise album. It's a very easy listen. And yeah, that's all I really got to say. I agree with you completely on everything you said, too. Let me just say this before I give my, my final review. Mm-hmm. If you have an old lost in the fucking 80s, 90s nigga in your life, either rather it be a friend, an uncle, cousin, whatever, your father, mm-hmm. he's like, oh, this new rapper's some bullshit, man. These motherfuckers ain't talking about shit. Play him this motherfucking album right here, y'all. Exactly. Like, that's all I'm going to say. It kind of, I, 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 I don't remember who I heard use this term first, but I feel like it brings, it keeps the filth alive. <laughs> you know? I love it. And, I think it, I want to hear, I want to say I heard you the Styles or Jada Kiss say that in an interview before, but this is, this is kind of what this does. It keeps the filth, it keeps the griminess, it keeps the grittiness that New York rap brings to the rap game alive. Um, and again, Benny, I'm, I'm so happy that he's one of the, you know, hotter up and coming artists right now. Facts. And, uh, I'm glad that that attention is still put on lyrical ability and it's shown today that that's, that's what the case is. So. Yeah, man, definitely show this fucking album to your old heads in your life. And I promise you, you not only are you going to prove them wrong, but you're also going to make their day by giving them some good rap to listen to. Exactly. All right, well, what's your uh, going off of that, what's your score for this? Look, man, um, I'm going to give it a 10, dog. I really think, I, I think I'm going to have to give it, I wanted to give it a 9.5, mm-hmm. but I was thinking, I was like, I, I can't think of a reason to not give it a 10. Like, I really can't think of, to me personally, I think it was really dope. Like, we just said everything, features, beat-wise, production, lyricism, everything. Everything that I could ask for in a rap album was on here. All types of different kind of sounding songs, mm-hmm. not just the typical lyric shit. So, I, I thought it was dope, man. To me, it's a perfect album, 10 out of 10. I can't really say anything wrong about it. All right. Uh, I'm gonna actually have to agree with you, sir. Um, I was, I was kind of looking for a reason to not give it a ten. (laughs) And that's how you know an album is a ten when you're looking for reasons to not give it a ten. Exactly. But like the more that we went on it, because like I initially gave it an eight point five, but then the more that we were talking about it, and I was just like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I was like, I can't give it an eight point five. I gotta give it a Mm ten because, like you said, every album, every track on this album hits. And I mean, like, yeah. it's just good. Like, like I said, there's about two songs on here that I really don't mess with that hard, and I will not skip them when they come on. I will yeah. still listen to them. So, like, if if an album has you on that, the joints that you're not really that into will still draw you in to listen to them. It has to be a ten. So it's ten out of ten for me. And let me just say that to me, that's what great lyrical ability does. That even if a song isn't your favorite, you might catch like a line or a bar or whatever that really hits. You're like, all of a sudden, you fuck with the phone now. You know what I mean? And that's the great thing about lyricism that even if it's not your cup of tea, but sometimes you'll find those little gems in there. And I feel like that's that's definitely the case of this album. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, before we get up out of here, y'all know we love to give y'all album suggestions for y'all to go out and listen to. And did you have a suggestion for the folks out there today, sir? Yes, sir. Man, I'm going to take it back to 2015. Mm. I want to say we might have reviewed this uh, album on our prior podcast, on a prior show. Okay. But I'm going to go with DS2, Dirty Sprite 2 by Future. Hey. You already know that's the man right there. That's the nigga. In all honesty, right? Mm-hmm. Y'all know I'm a huge Future fucking fan. This is one of my favorite, and I think it's one of the best works of uh, 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 work in Future to me. Um, I think this is all bangers all the way through. To me, there's not a song that I skip on here. And again, I'm a real big Future fan. Uh, I'm sure it has a lot to do with it. But you got a whole bunch of vicious songs on here. Thought it was a drought. Uh, where you at? It's in break, TikTok, uh, trap niggas. Obviously, I know that. Fucking some comments, y'all know that. Uh, rotation, freak host, TikTok, all fucking bangers. Very, very little features on this. Actually, matter of fact, the only feature on here is Drake, believe it or not. And this is a newer artist, so 
I feel like that's, that's something you got to point out, especially with everything being so feature heavy nowadays. So that's true. Definitely, definitely check out. Uh, I'm sure you already have, but if you haven't, or if you just need a refresher, so sometimes with so much music being pumped out, we forget about shit that came out even five years ago. Mm-hmm. So, um, so in case you forgot, or if you haven't checked it out yet, check out DS2 Dirty Sprite 2 Future. All right, bet. And my choice for today is going to be the album B B E by Common. This album is this album is actually really fucking good. I know uh, there's a lot of people in hip hop, especially nowadays, who don't really rock with Common, but this joint is really fucking vicious. I know he's more of a you know like the early backpacker, you know the deep thought rapper, but I mean he's got some fucking tracks on here that are vicious. First of all, if you've never listened to a Common album, this is a good one to start with before you go back and listen to some because it's more of a a little newer and a lot of it was produced by Kanye West. Um, and you've got things like the corner which was a big track back in the day which features a a poet group a poetry group called the lost poets or the last poets Um, and they have spoken word throughout the song in different places which is actually really vicious then there's the song go which is is more upbeat it's kind of has like almost like a 70s sound to it with uh the person singing the chorus single go go yep exactly Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And then of course there's Testify and then there's The Food. The Food which he actually performed live on the Dave Chappelle show back when it was mm-hmm. uh, on TV heavy. So if you guys yeah. want like a good album that's good to listen to, like Common has lyrical ability. I like I said I don't know a lot of you you new niggas if y'all have ever listened to a Common album, but Common's got some fucking flows. So definitely go check out B by Common. It's a short easy listen and it's produced by Kanye West, which makes it all that much more palatable for those that are not really into his normal stylings. No, um and you know funny you say that because I've heard a lot of people mention when they talk about Kanye's best production, mm-hmm. they mention a lot of uh, Common songs. Oh yeah. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely being a, a Kanye early on fan. I'm definitely going to dive into that. Oh yeah. This is, uh, this was like that 2000, was it that like 2000, I guess three or 2004 to like 2007 or 2008 era where Kanye was producing for everybody. So yeah, go ahead and check that joint out. Right, but, right, right. All right. Well, anything else you want to tell these people out here before we get up out of here? Nah, man. Thank you for tuning in as always. Um, we're definitely going to keep coming with these album reviews. Stay tuned for the Unbreakables by 36 Mafia. We taking it back to 2003 when you was with your cousin listening to this shit, (laughs) planning an armed robbery in a suburban neighborhood. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's just how it goes, bro. That's just how it goes sometimes, man. So definitely uh, stay tuned. Thank you so much for tuning in with us. A new year. We're going to keep rocking and we hope you keep rocking with us. All right. And y'all know y'all can find us on the social medias, Instagram and Twitter at HQ Podcast. And yes, that is all spelled out. Y'all know y'all can find us. Go to Facebook.com and search out Hip Hop Heads Podcast. And you know you can find us for your listening pleasure on SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, Spotify, and Radio Republic. And basically just Google us, dog. You'll find us. We're here. We out here. We running these streets, these podcast streets. <laughs> podcast dirty streets. Yeah, yeah. Well, until next time, y'all, my name is Cooper from my man, Mr. Chris Ben Bass. Y'all stay healthy, stay happy, stay safe, wash your hands, wash your ass, be good. And if you can't be good, be the best you can be, all right? All right, right, y'all, we out of here. Peace. Peace.